Hi, Josh Sorrell here from Sandhill FWB Church in Sandusky, Ohio. The podcast that you're about to enjoy was given live before our congregation here at Sandhill, and we pray that this podcast will encourage and challenge your walk with Christ. For more sermons like this, as well as additional Christian content, visit our website at www.sandhillfwb.com or check out our social media pages on YouTube and Facebook, keyword Sandhill FWB Church. May God continue to richly bless your journey every step of the way. Uh, we'll be in 1 Timothy chapter 3 this morning. Uh, if you find your places there. <clears throat> this is really difficult for me. Uh, I'm sure you guys have caught on to this, but I, uh, with the different holidays and different functions and camp and canceling service and different things like that, it seems like every time we try to get something started, we got to skip or make a special message or whatever. And, and so I started this series, I don't know, a month or so ago, a month and a half ago, uh, uh, trying to understand what is church. And <laughs> I've been wanting to get back and finish it, but there's just not been any opportunity. Uh, so we're going to try and pick up with that this morning. So let's stand and honor God's word. Uh, I know this scripture is familiar, but uh, ho- hopefully we can bring some new things out this morning. First Timothy chapter 3, verse number 1. <clears throat> This is a true saying, if a man desire the office of a bishop, he desireth a good work. A bishop then must be blameless, the husband of one wife, vigilant, sober, of good behavior, given to hospitality, apt to teach, not given to wine, no striker, not greedy of filthy lucre, but patient, not a brawler, not covetous, one that ruleth well his own house, having his children in subjection with all gravity. For if a man know not how to rule his own house, how shall he take care of the, of the church of God? Not a novice, lest being lifted up with pride, he fall into condemnation of the devil. Moreover, he must have a good report of, men, of them which are without, lest he fall into reproach in the snare of the devil. Likewise, must the deacons be grave, not double-tongued, not given to much wine, not greedy of filthy lucre, holding the mystery of faith in a pure conscience. And let these also first be proven, and, and then let them use the office of a deacon, being found blameless. Even so must their wives be grave, not slander, sober, faithful in all things. Let the deacons be the husband of one wife ruling their children and their house as well. For they that use this office of a deacon well purchase to themselves a good good degree and great boldness in the faith which is in Christ Jesus. These things have I written unto thee, hoping to come unto thee shortly. But if I tarry long, that thou mayest know how thou oughtest to behave thyself in the house of God, which is the church of the living God, and the pillar and ground of truth. And without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness. God was manifest in the flesh, justified in the spirit, seen of angels, preached unto the Gentiles, and believed in the world, and received into glory. Let us pray. Lord, how I thank you for this day. Lord, really a day of celebration in so many ways. Thank you for what we feel in our heart. Thank you for the congregation that is here. And Lord, I pray this morning we would just open our hearts, receive what you have, uh, Lord, and draw closer to you, I pray in Jesus' holy name. And amen. So again, we started uh, this, this series before asking the question, what is a church? 
That seems like a really strange question to ask to a congregation of people who have been in church for 30, 40, 50 years. That seems strange to a church that has been here uh, for so many years and so many that have been on their way this long time. But I want us to, I want us to be what Christ says the church should be and not what we think the church should be. Amen. And so uh, we want to dig down deep and find out what the Word of God said. Now, I attempted, to the best of my ability anyway, to do an exhaustive study on this. Do we understand what that means? An exhaustive study means you go to every place in the Bible, uh, and particularly in the New Testament, every place that it is mentioned, and you study it. In other words, you don't pick one verse. You, you find every place that it is mentioned in the Bible. I did my best to, to do that on this message. I'm trying to do that on all of these messages. I will be bringing about what is the church. This morning we want to talk about leadership. So if you take every scripture that you can find in the Bible, study them out, I was amazed at what I found. And I want to share that with you this morning. <clears throat> Um, just a few things I want to say. I am thankful. I'd like to have an amen on this. I am thankful for where the Sand Hill Church is at. Amen. Um, I'm a little nervous about even this morning's, but the next several messages may be a little rough. But I'm glad that I'm not preaching that when half of you are mad at me. I'm glad I'm not preaching that when we're fighting amongst each other. I'm glad I'm not preaching that in the middle of almost having a church split. Everyone here so far as I know is getting along. Everyone here so far as I know loves me. Everyone, everything is going well. Good time to preach this message. Okay? So I am thankful for that. And if, I, if it wasn't for that, you'd say, well, I know why he's preaching that. He thinks he's going to... Well, no, I'm not. I don't have any, I don't have any motive. I'm just preaching what the Bible says. <clears throat> but I want, you to, I want to ask this question to you guys. And I want you to remember this, this message and the next however many that come after this. If we do a deep study on the scripture and it reveals a different picture of the church than you believe, what are you going to do? Isn't that a fair question? If, if what you think church is and what the Bible says church is, is different, what are you going to do? Get mad at me, get, get mad at, you know, it isn't what I want. Or what if we just said, how about if we change to be what the Bible says, right? Okay. I had a talk with, uh, just a real quick rabbit trail, but I had a talk with uh, Mike, Mark Price, the moderator of the state, and we were talking about Brother Ben. And he said, the problem with Brother Ben is, he's our new executive secretary that preached three times this week. He said, the problem with Ben is, he doesn't realize all the sacred cows he's not allowed to criticize. He just preaches the Bible. <laughs> Isn't that good? Because in church, well, if I say that, I know what will happen. If I say this, they'll get mad. If this goes against, but Ben just says, this is what the Bible says. That's what the Bible says. I didn't see anything he preached that wasn't completely lined up with the scriptures exactly. And I told him, I said, why would you get mad at him? He just preached the Bible. But it, sometimes, how many of you know as a pastor, you have to be careful of them sacred cows because they, they, when they get kicked, boy, they kick back, right? And, and so, but, but we want to, I believe, I have confidence in you guys. I believe everybody here, I believe you guys want to do what the Bible says. So we're just going to see what the Bible says, and we're going to try and do it. All right? I've, I, it is no secret. I think everybody here, if you've been here any time at all, you know my feelings about the local church. I've preached about it many, many times. 
But can I say this? Jesus is in favor of the local church. Can I tell you this? Every Christian is supposed to be a part of the local church. That's what the Bible says, okay? So, so that's what we're talking about is, is the local church. So the first word I'd like to zero in on is the word desire. It says, if a man desire the office of a bishop, if, the, if he, desire, he desireth a good work. I want to ask this question, guys. Where does that desire come from? Where's that desire come from? comes from God. See, this isn't someone who says, I, I want to be, I want to be a preacher. I, I, I want, I want everybody to look at me. No, that's not what you're talking about. This is talking about God puts a desire inside of you. Now this might be just a little controversial. Again, maybe a little different than you've heard before. Uh, but we, we talk so much about the calling, being called to be a preacher. You know what I believe being called to be a preacher is? When God puts a desire in your heart. Can't get away from it, right? It's not, uh, you know, we, we've heard so many, all these crazy stories about the calling, but I believe it is simply he just instills something in you that you can't get away from. Um, me and Brother Tom did some talking this week about the church and this and that, and um, can, can I just say it like this? Not everyone is supposed to have what I have. Now, I believe all of you guys are supposed to be reading your Bible, I think all of you guys are supposed to be reading your Bible. I don't know that every one of you are supposed to get up in the morning and say, I wish I could do nothing until I go to bed tonight except for read my Bible. Okay? <laughs> That's how I feel. Right? Lock me in a room with my desk, all my books, my Bible, and stick me a little food in there every once in a while, and I'm a happy camper. You guys... You guys can read your Bible. Are you, does that make sense? There's a desire. Listen, Gary didn't get up one more and say, I wish I, I wish I desired to be a preacher. God made me desire that. And, and this is really important when we understand the, the person who has the desire is the person God's calling. So, so that, 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 I think, is very important that we understand. Now, again, are you guys ready for what the Bible says? You are welcome to argue with me. I welcome anyone to argue with me on, all, on, on, on any of these messages, but you got to do it with the Bible. So I took every passage that I could think of exhaustively in the New Testament, every place I could find that it talked about a bishop, an elder, a pastor, a shepherd, a uh, uh, overseer, all of the words you could, I, I found all of, I looked up the definitions of all of those words. I looked up how they were used in every circumstance in the Bible. So from Matthew to Revelations, everywhere you can find any inclination about anything at all about a pastor. And I was really blown away by what I found out. Do you know what I found out? I found out, I challenge you to correct me. If you will look at everything in the Bible, all the definitions and all the ways that it is used in context, every time the word pastor is used, the word, uh, those words are used, you know there's one job that guy's got? To oversee the doctrine of the church. Now that may not be a big newsflash to us because I've been saying that for 20 years here uh, because that's what I've always believed. But how many of you know that in most churches in the United States, that's like way down on the totem pole. There were a lot of people in this church who got very mad at me when I started pastoring. They said, why is he wasting so much time studying the Bible? Why isn't he out doing all these other things that he's supposed to be doing? But you know, the Bible doesn't command me to do all those other things I'm supposed to be doing. You know what the Bible commands me to do? Study the Word of God. 
That's what the Bible commands me to do. And so, listen, you, you, you can search it from one end to the other. It's not in there. There's no commands on all the things we think a pastor is supposed to be. There's one command. Oversee the doctrine. And, and that, that, is, that, that is my job uh, that I'm supposed to do. So let's just look up a few references. Uh, and there are many. I just picked a few. But I, hopefully this will kind of give us a, an idea of what the Bible says. Acts 20, 28. Take heed, therefore, unto yourselves and to all the flock over the which the Holy Ghost hath made you overseers to feed the church of God, which he purchased with his own blood. Overseer, again, in, in, the word, in, in the New Testament, what scholars say, bishop, elder, overseer, teacher, pastor, shepherd, all those words are used interchangeably, okay? And there is a difference, there is a difference between a preacher and a pastor, okay? But we're talking now about pastors. We're not talking about preachers, we're talking about pastors. The, the, all of those things, I am to oversee the doctrine of the church. Now, this is a serious verse, Hebrews 13, 17. Obey them that have the rule over you. Submit yourselves. Look at the next verse. For they watch for your souls as they that have to give an account that they may do it with joy and not with grief, for that is unprofitable to you. I will give an account of what you guys believe. Is that serious? If you guys got your doctrine wrong, when we get to heaven and you, Brother Richard, when you stand before the Lord, you know what he's going to say? Didn't your pastor tell you the truth? And if your pastor didn't, then your pastor is going to be the one giving an account for that. Okay? Now, if your pastor did and you didn't listen, <laughs> now you have to give an account for it, right? So there is an, there is an accountability to oversee the doctrine. Uh, James 3 1 says, My brethren, be not many masters. Uh, again, the word teacher, the word overseer there, uh, knowing that, that we shall receive the greater condemnation. How scary is that? Oh, I want to run the church. I want to be. Well, then you just mean when you stand before Jesus, you're going to be more accountable than everybody else. You guys getting this? So I am accountable for the doctrine that goes on in, in church. So there, so here's what I want you guys to get. We already know this. All across this globe, churches are different. We have rich churches. We have poor churches. We have proper churches. We have more casual churches. We have uh, 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 all the different cu cultural and ethnic and all the different things all across this planet. But the New Testament is, is the same model for every one of those. And I want you guys to see that. Whether you're rich, poor, sophisticated, educated, not educated, it's all the same. We're all uh, given the same commands in the Bible. So here's, here's a challenge for you. I want you guys, to, I want you guys to, um, uh, to look at this. I want you guys to engage your brains right here. If you look at the text that I just read to you, uh, the third chapter, the qualifications for a bishop. Let's just leave the deacons out of it for right now. Let's look at, it, at the bishop. What is missing? What is missing in this list? What's not there? Because this is really important. This is, this is critically important that we see what is missing.
See, again, the, the Western church, the, 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 United, the, the churches of the United States of America, what they call a pastor and what many, many people in churches call a pastor uh, is not lining up with what the Bible says a pastor is. And when we read this list, there's something that jumps out to me very bluntly that is missing in this description of qualifications. I would challenge you that everything except for except for three little words, everything in this description is talking about the man's character. Everything is about his character. And, and his character is simply his living out the word of God. Now we have three little words in there, apt to teach, and that means that this man has the ability to take the word of God and teach others what the word of God says. So this man, this man if he will pastor, he has, he has to have the ability to convey the truths of scripture to the congregation. But besides that, everything in there is character. Say, pastor, what's your point? Wouldn't you think it would say he's a good administrator? Wouldn't you think he's really good at organizing events? Wouldn't you think he's an eloquent speaker? Wouldn't you think he can spell? <laughs> I mean, do you think that would be one of the ones, right? Wouldn't you think maybe he's an entertaining speaker? He's humorous. Wouldn't you think, I mean, you could put all these different things in there. He's a good bedside manner. He, you could put all these things in there, but he said, no. He better have a good character. If he doesn't have a good character, none of the rest of it matters. And if he has a good character, he may fall short in some of those other things. So you guys already know this at Sandhill Church, because Sandhill Church, uh, uh, I believe we are doing things right. But here's what God knew when he picked me as a pastor a long, long time ago, when God set me as a pastor. This is, I can just imagine God having this conversation with Gabriel and the other angels up there, and he said, well... You know, he doesn't have this and he doesn't have this and he doesn't have this and he can't do that and he's not very good at that and he has no talents over here. But if his character's right, I can give him people to do those other jobs. I can't give him a man to make him have good character, but I can give him a man to organize things for him. I can't give him a man, or I can't make him, if he has a problem with, with, with sin, I can't fix that with another man. But if he has all that right, I can give him the talents he is missing. And that's church, guys. So, so there's, it's all about character, and it's, there's, there's almost nothing in there about talent, ability, uh, all the things that we think are so very, very important. And here's what I know. All my friends are pastors. You know, I, I literally just know multitudes of pastors. But you know, all, you know, Sonny Thomas, right? We highly esteem him. How many of you know he's not perfect? Right? Now, he's got a whole lot of gifts I don't have, but that man's not perfect. And we could just name preacher after preacher after preacher after preacher. Jeff Jones is not perfect. Right? And we just go through it. And here's what I know. When you have these gifts, you don't have these gifts. I told Renee yesterday, I said, if God gave one man everything, that man would have a really hard time not thinking, look at me. But, you know, I look at the stuff and so I say, oh, man, I, I can't do this. You know, the other guys are way better at this than I am. But God says, I'm concerned. Are you being obedient to the word of God? So I want you to understand that. So <clears throat> I have a little illustration I would like to give you. This makes a lot of sense to me. I hope this will get you thinking. It, uh, uh, it just seemed to me that this might uh, help us to understand better the, um, 
what I'm trying to teach you than, than trying to maybe do it with ourselves. So I would like for you to imagine, this, this is what Paul did in the, in the New Testament, but I'd like for you to imagine that our, our, one of our missionaries goes to, you know, they, they go to another, they go to Ecuador somewhere, they go to a place, there's no churches, there's no Christians, there's nothing there, and a missionary goes there, and he starts preaching the gospel, and he gets 10 people saved. Hallelujah. Now, if you know anything at all about missionaries, if you know anything about the Apostle Paul, if you know anything about anything, missionaries don't pastor churches. Missionaries get people saved, and then they move on. And everyone knows the locals can do a far better job than the missionary can, okay? So, this missionary has 10 people in the church that are Christians. He wants to leave. They don't have a pastor, they also don't have, we've always done it this way, this is our tradition, they also don't have that. You know, what they, you know what he does? He looks at those 10 people, and first off he says, which one of them has a desire for the Word of God? See, out of those 10, one of those, more than all the rest, is going to have a desire for the Word of God. They're going to want to learn it. They're want, going to want to share it. They're going to want to study it. They're going to have a desire for it. And that person is going to be applying that, living up to that, uh, uh, at least as much or more than everybody there. So he has a character. And that man becomes the pastor. Okay, are you following me? <clears throat> So now, the, now that they have picked their leader, uh, and, and there's, I didn't give you these verses of Scripture, but there's multiple Scriptures in the Bible, the, this missionary will deliver to him the truth. And, and it's, it says, find faithful men and give them the same truths that, that have been delivered unto you. It, it's, it speaks in multiple places. That always when Paul went in, the missionaries go in, there is a basic, you got to give them something to start with. Now how many of you know that a missionary cannot give them all that the Bible says can you just imagine the missionary says, okay, I'm going to explain to you everything from Genesis to Revelation you need to know <laughs> before I leave. Right? That's impossible. So you got to give them the basics. You got to say, we're saved by Jesus Christ. We're saved by faith and not by works. You got to give them the basics. And then you got to say, boy, you're going to have to study what the Bible says. And then these nine other guys here, you're going to have to teach them what the Bible says. And if you will live an example and you will have high character and you will live out what the Bible says and you will study the Bible and teach them the Bible, the church will grow. And so this young man begins to do that. And the church grows. And after a while, it's not 10, but now it's 50 or 75 or 100. And this one man who has called says, I can't do this by myself. And so then he looks at the, all of the people that are there and he says, who is living up to the word of God that's been presented? Who has character? Who is obedient? And he picks them out and makes them deacons. Now this, this might, I think Sand Hills is perfectly on track, but this might blow your mind just a little bit. But you know what deacons are for? To help the pastor. Okay. Is that a newsflash to anybody? 
They were never created to fight with the pastor, to, to be the police, to correct the pastor, to always be an obstacle to the pastor, to be the one you go to to chew the pastor. It was never designed that way. The deacons are, the, the pastor cannot handle the load and he finds good men who will support and do the things he can't do so he can continue doing what he's supposed to be doing. Is that what the Bible says? So deacons are supposed to do that. Now, it doesn't say that the deacons have to be uh, apt to teach. They can be or they don't have to be. You know what it says about the deacons? The exact same thing. They better have character. You know what that means? If they're not being obedient to what you're teaching and preaching, don't put them in as deacons. Right? And then they are to support what is going on. So the preacher is preaching doctrine and the deacons are on board and they're living it out. And, and he says, I want you guys to come and help me lead this church. And now every time the rest of the congregation comes and has a, has a question, you guys are supporting what's going on in the pulpit. Can I just say this? Again, I'm thankful for where we're at Sand Hill Church. But can I just say this? I am thankful for our deacons. We have phenomenal deacons. Uh, Tom and Christy and, and Terry and Wilma, um, all, all four of them, I don't, I don't feel like there's anybody in the church that could support me any more than that they do. I, I feel like if anyone comes to Tom or comes to Brother Terry with a complaint, I, I think that we will, we will be fair, but they're not going to jump on board and say, yeah, that Gary, I know he's, he's ruining church. We've got to do something to get rid of him. Right? We're on the same page. We're working together. We're supporting each other. Now, I've told Tom, and, 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 I, and I will say this to them openly, but I've told Tom, when, when Terry first came on as a deacon, I, I told him, and, and I've told Tom this before, if, you don't have an, if you're not man enough to come to me, and I am sinning and remove me, you need to step down right now. If you're not man enough to stand against me, if I get caught up in some sin, I'm done doing some evil, and I get caught up in that, and you're not man enough to remove me, you do not belong in this job. You've got to be able to do that. But listen, guys, if I'm not sinning and I'm not preaching heresy, they ought to back me. Right? So now the Bible teaches we're still in this little missionary community. Now we have some deacons, but the church is still growing. This isn't really a free will Baptist thing. I'm going to explain to you why it's not a free will Baptist thing. It's, but uh, most scholars believe that in almost all of the churches that Paul started, there was a plurality of pastors. There were multiple pastors. So you have the senior pastor who, who's, who's the overseer of everything, and then you have many pastors underneath him. Now I'll say this as kindly as I can, but you know why we don't have, have that in churches? How many of you know what usually what an assistant pastor's job is? To gather a following behind him against the pastor so they'll have two split congregations, right? And everything the pastor says, the assistant pastor is going to be against him and they're going to be preaching different doctrine. Listen, that, that's, that's, that's insanity, what is supposed to happen is the preachers, are the, if we have five pastors underneath the senior pastor, what are they supposed to be doing? Preaching the same thing the pastor's preaching. And then it doesn't confuse the congregation. I think that is so simple. So, so here's what I say to, to all of our preachers here. And, I, and I've told them this in private. Anything I preach, anything I believe, any doctrine the church has, you are welcome and, and even would be appreciated to. And, and I say this to the deacons, to come into my office and say, I don't agree with that. You are wrong. And I will intelligently look at the Bible and, and we'll let the Bible decide. If I am wrong, I will come back and apologize to the congregation. I promise you that. But if I'm not wrong, we're going to do what the Bible says. 
But you don't get to have your own doctrine. In other words, in the church, we can't have five different beliefs on things. We've got to preach what the Bible says. And we have that at Sand Hill. Praise God, we have that at Sand Hill. I'm thankful for that. But, but that, that just makes so much sense to me. And I've been trying to say that since I've been to pastor church. But that is what the Bible says. And so if you understand that, let's look at, now we're not going to be a missionary uh, church in Ecuador. Now we're going to be a church in 2022 at Sand Hill Church. What is the requirements for a pastor? The pastor's requirements. I made four simple points, but I really believe if you look at the Bible and look at everything that it says in there to them, I, I believe this is what is required to be a pastor of a church. The pastor must have a desire to learn. I, <laughs> I, 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 this is so biblical, but it's not so popular. Because I see a multitude of preachers who would much rather go fishing than study the Bible. I see a multitude of preachers who would rather go, you know, to homecomings than to read their Bible. Can I tell you, the Bible says that if you're going to be a pastor, you have to have that desire to study the Word of God. And if you don't have that desire, maybe there's a question that you don't have the calling to be the pastor. So there has to be that desire. I, I, I thought I had it interjected. Did I, did I give you the definition of uh, desire? I thought I had it wrote down, but I do have it. Uh the, de the definition of desire, this is right out of the Greek, I really like this, is to stretch oneself in order to touch or grasp something. So it's the idea of straining, giving it all you've got, putting all, exerting everything you have, you're trying to grasp the Word of God. Isn't that what every pastor is supposed to have? And, and, I, and I just kind of say, Kind of bluntly, if you don't have that, you probably aren't supposed to be the pastor. So you've got to have that desire to, to learn the, the Word of God. Um, and then, this is what we've already said, pastor is to live in full obedience to what he's preaching. So it, will a pastor ever be effective if he's preaching one thing and living another? Will you guys follow him? I mean, if I'm up here saying you shouldn't do this here, but I'm doing it, the, listen, you guys are going to get all confused, right? So the pastor has to be living what he is preaching, and that is called character. And, 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 and you're not going to have any following unless you are living it out in front of them. The pastor is to equip the church. We, we spent a whole year of, of the purpose, uh, the, 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 the church with purpose of Ephesians chapter 4 is clear. Pastor teacher is to, to teach and equip you guys to, to know what the Bible says. And the pastor is accountable for what the church believes. If another preacher gets up, preaches behind the pulpit, I'm responsible for what he says. If it's a visitor, if it's one of ours, if it's a revival, whatever it is, I'm responsible for what is taught here. I am taught, I'm responsible for what is taught in our Sunday school classes. I am responsible for what we believe. Brother Ben really hit it hard. We don't have his problem at Sand Hill, but Brother Ben really hit it hard. He told those pastors, we got, now you got the whole state of Ohio there and all their, he told them, he said, you've got people in your church watching, uh, um, uh, Kenneth Copeland and, and Benny Hinn and all there, and they're believing that stuff and sending them money. You ought to be able to stand up and say, that is not right. That is not right. That is not biblically accurate and, and, and address these issues of, of false doctrine and, and establish what is truth. So, so this, is, uh, this is what the Bible requires. So I've got this in, in my notes. A pastor may do more than these four things, 
But a pastor cannot do less than these four things. A pastor has a desire to learn. He has to be living out with character. He has to be equipping the church. And he has to be accountable for the doctrine. A pastor has to do that. Now, he may do a lot of other things. But if he doesn't do those four things, he's not a biblical pastor. You guys following? So I, I, hope, I hope you guys are getting it. I'm trying to go fast so I don't take too long here. But, but I, I, this is so very, very important to get. So what's the flock's responsibility? The Bible uses the term shepherd and flock over and over. It uses that, that illustration. Even in the Old Testament, it uses that illustration. So, so God knows that we're not all geniuses. So he used something that we can all follow. So if I brought Kason and Callan and, and, and maybe even Kari up here, but if I brought uh, the, the little ones up here and, and asked them, what does a shepherd do and what does a sheep do? I'm pretty sure they could figure it out. Can you guys? What's a shepherd do? He leads. What's the flock do? They follow. <laughs> you know why Jesus made that simple? So we get it. The, the flock follows and the sheep uh, or, the, or the pastor leads and the sheep follow. That, that's what the Bible says. And so it, it is clear. It is clear in scriptures to do that. Now, <clears throat> um, the, I get these things on Facebook. I don't know if anybody else says, I don't even know that this is Christian. I, I get it all the time on my Facebook feed. I like it all the time. It's probably the reason it keeps popping up. And um, but I think it's I think it's called authentic leadership or something. But there's always these little uh, um, pictures and sayings on there, and it'll be something like this. It'll be one guy sitting in a chair on a throne, and he's telling everybody else what to do. That's a boss. That's not what a capacitor is called to be. And then there'll be another guy who's out in front doing the work and saying, "Guys, let's go this way. Follow me." That's what a pastor is. I'm not your boss. I'm not your king. I'm not your dictator. I'm not up here to bark out commands while I sit and watch you guys do it. I am to be living an example of what the Word of God says and saying this is what God wants us to do, and you guys are to be following that example. Are you guys getting that? It's really not that complicated, but boy, it sure has got mixed up in our churches. <clears throat> so let's go back to our missionary, that's our missionary church. If they put that young guy in... And he is studying the Bible and he has a desire for the Word of God and he's doing his very, very best to teach and preach the Word of God every week to those people. How many of you know that that congregation, that nine people there are going to look at each other and say, I see something wrong with him. Let me ask this guy's question. Are there any perfect pastors? They don't exist, people. There, there aren't any, okay? Listen, i got lots and lots and lots of friends who are pastors. Every one of them, I could tell you the things that are wrong with them. Character flaws and, and, and personality things wrong. Just, just all, everybody has them. And I've been here long enough, and we're such a close church, and we spend so much time together. You guys know my faults. They're just, they're like on display, right? Everybody knows my faults. Everybody is plain as day. So we're not looking for a perfect pastor. We're not looking for a pastor you can't find any fault with him. But what we are looking for is not only will you learn that he has faults, but you will learn that he has character. You guys following this? I, I hope, you guys are extremely kind to me. I hope you're not all a bunch of liars, but you guys are extremely kind to me. But I hope that the Sandhill Church, I hope when, I, I, I hope when Bessie goes home, I, I hope when, when Terry and Wilma go home, Josh and Jay go home, I hope they say, boy, that boy's all messed up. But I really believe he loves the Lord and he's trying to do his best. Right? Sister Donna was, most of you don't know who Sister Donna is, but Sister Donna was here, and she was always like a mother to me, Brother Spike's first wife, and she was always like a mother to me, 
And she'd watch me since I was this little tiny boy. And I grew up and I started preaching all kinds of crazy things no one had ever heard. And, and I remember this so very well. And I believe it may have even been close to her death. And I went to visit her one time. And she said to me, and I, and I took it as the greatest compliment. And, and the way she said it, she says, you know, he believes what he's preaching. She didn't say she agreed with me. She said, I believe. He, but you know what she's saying? He's sincere. He's a real deal. What he says, he believes it. That's all I ask out of you guys. I don't, listen, if you're here and you think I'm always right, you are. <laughs> you're greatly deceived. You just haven't been around me enough, right? And, it, and if you think that everything I do and every decision I make is right, that's not what you're supposed to be. And I dare say that every single one of you here disagree with a whole lot of things I do and disagree with a whole lot of ways I do them and you see a whole lot of faults in me. But I hope you do see he loves Jesus. And he's trying to do what the Word of God says, as messed up as he is, right? And, and, and that's, that's, what, that's what a leader is. Not the guy who never makes a mistake, but the guy who uh, um, the genuinely they see that he is, is trying to do what is right. The flock will follow their shepherd. Now I'm going to get myself into trouble here. <laughs> God help me. There's going to be a couple things, and this is going to be a little rough sailing. Okay. Um, yes, thank you, Georgie. <laughs> Say it again, sister. Say it again. <laughs> I believe this is biblical, guys. I'm not trying to offend anybody. I'm not trying to hurt anybody's feelings. But I believe this is biblical. If you're not, if the, if you're not following the shepherd, you're not part of the flock. That, see, it didn't say if your name's on the roll, you're part of the flock. It said if you're following the shepherd. And I've just been here long enough, and, and I, I hope this doesn't apply to anybody here, now, and, I, and I feel that it doesn't apply to anybody here, but, but, but I've been here long enough to know we've had people in this church who they were coming to this church, and it was clear I was not their pastor. I was not their pastor. They didn't believe anything I said. They didn't follow anything I did. They was against me on everything I did. They, 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 I was, they were not part of the flock. There's a flock that's following, and there can be people who are not following. But if you're not following, if I am not sinning and I am not preaching heresy, you may not agree with everything I do, but you ought to be trying to follow what I am promoting, which is the Word of God. And if you're not, you're not, the, you're not in the flock. And, and I believe that. And, and incidentally, when you're not part of the flock, you usually don't survive. Okay? And, and that's, that's really important, guys. So, <clears throat> number three, and Sister Georgia, I'm going to need you to say that ten more times, honey. Uh, th this one, this one will not set well with you. This can go down sideways, but but it's still it's still the truth. You guys want me to preach a Bible? Or you guys want me to preach what you've always believed, right? You guys want me to preach a Bible? I'm gonna preach a Bible this morning. It's gonna it's gonna make you mad, but we're we're gonna get through it. All right. The necessity of a leader. Look up the word necessity. It is the definition of necessity. It's required. It's indispensable. There is a need for a leader. Adrian Rogers always used to say this. He's dead now in heaven. Adrian Rogers always say this, anything without a head is dead. Anything with two heads is a monster. Now let that sink in for a little bit. 
Anything without a head is dead. Anything with two heads is a monster. So you can't, if you have a church and no one's running it, <laughs> it's complete chaos and it's not lining up with the Word of God. If you have a church that have two people trying to be in charge, it's a monster, right? It, it, it won't work. So <clears throat> how many of you have heard this saying, probably many of you have said this yourselves, maybe this week you said this, it sounds so holy, it sounds so righteous, it sounds so, it just sounds so high and mighty, I follow no man, I follow Jesus. You ever heard that said before? I mean, it's like one of the most popular sayings is. Now, 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 if I would just be real honest, the reason so many people say that is because all the horrible pastors we have. Okay, that's the reason. They, the last pastor they had ran off with another woman. They did this, they did that, and they said, you know, I follow no man, I follow Jesus. That sounds really holy. That sounds really, really, really spiritual. It's just you and Jesus, you don't need a man. Here's the problem. It's not biblical. It's not biblical. We may have heard it all of our lives. It might sound really holy, but it's not biblical. Um, I was surprised. I taught myself something this morning. But 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse number 1, it says, Be ye followers of me. But there is, a, there is a clarification. As, or even as, I also am of Christ. Listen, if I'm your pastor and I am following Christ, you're supposed to be following me. If I'm not following Christ, somebody needs to get rid of me. That's the bottom line. There, there's no line. If I am sinning, if I am preaching heresy, if I am not following God, someone needs to be man enough to remove me from this pulpit. If I am following God and doing what the Bible says and preaching the Word of God, you are to follow me. And you say, preacher, I don't believe in that. Here's something I didn't realize. Go home and check it out. I, I give you this uh, 1 Corinthians 11. 1. Th that is in the Bible no less times than I believe I counted seven or eight this morning. And I didn't look up all the different variations of the word, so I'm sure there's more than that. But over and over and over and over and over again, we are told to follow man. Does that blow anybody's mind? <laughs> Does that blow anybody's mind? We're told to follow man. Why? Why is this command given that we are to follow man? Very simple principle. Even if you are a Sorel, because we have the worst time with it, you need somebody. Can I say that again? Listen, there's none of you here so smart you don't need anybody. You guys with me? Listen. Sometimes we think, well, I'll just say the Bible and, um, uh, how do I say this? Um, I'm not going to mention any names. Some of you will know who I'm talking about. Some of you won't have a clue what I'm talking about. Okay? But there's somebody that a whole bunch of you know who got into a whole bunch of trouble this week. And can I just tell you, I told Renee, I said, there's one reason that that man got in all that trouble that he got into this week. You know what it was? He would not submit to a pastor. He knew everything, and you couldn't tell him anything. And he was super spiritual, and he knew everything, but every pastor was wrong because he was not going to submit himself. Well, look how that worked out for him. Some of you say, I have no idea what you're talking about. You don't need to know. But, but somebody, somebody got in trouble because they wouldn't listen to the pastor. I don't care how smart you are. I don't care who, how great you are, how much you love Jesus. You need someone to lead you where you're going. 
Can I just say this? I need someone to lead me where I'm going. I need an example of what a godly man is supposed to be. I need someone to correct me. I need someone who is smarter than me. I need someone to lead me. God set it up that way. And it sounds all holy to say, I just need Jesus. But most people who just need Jesus really get in trouble. We need a mentor. We need someone to give us direction. That's the way we are wired. That's the way we're supposed to be. And God give us pastors to lead us. So, I'm going to say it. Sister Georgie, help me. I'm going to say it. Those without pastors have loose doctrine and they're unstable in all their ways. They're living a Lone Ranger life. It is unbiblical. If you are a Christian and you will not submit to a pastor, you're being unbiblical. See, I'm really glad I'm preaching this when you guys aren't all mad at me. <laughs> I'm really glad I'm not preaching this when the church is split and half of you is one. That, that's not the case. As far as I know, everybody here is, is following and, and loving me and everything is good and I don't know of anything going on. But I just want to say, if you think you are so close to God, you don't need a pastor, you are not going by the Word of God. We pray that this message has stirred your soul as you continue on for Christ. If you've been blessed by this sermon, we encourage you to share this podcast with others that we made together and embolden each other for the kingdom cause. To listen to Sandhill Sermons live, you can join us Sundays at 11 o'clock on Facebook and YouTube. You can also find additional content such as our Steadfast Studies podcast or the NOYC Godcast for Youth provided by Sandhill for spiritual growth of all ages. These can be found at sandhillfwb.com or on all major podcast platforms. May God continue to richly bless your journey every step of the way.